Hey, welcome back to the Cody Fitness Podcast Top 10 Breakdown of this week's sports stuff. We got a local analyst here, Caleb Foxworth, coming in hot. Caleb, what are you seeing out there lately, man? Man, it's been a, it's been a really good game so far. I uh, look forward to the second half. Uh, I think that both teams have, uh, have brought their A game today, so it's going to be interesting to see uh, what turns out. That was a great fake head coach. I mean, I think we're working our strategy. We just got to stick to our game plan. I mean, we missed some opportunities there on offense. Got really got to tighten up our defense a little bit. It's like you know, at the end of the day, it just comes down to effort. Yeah, why do they do that interview? I have no idea. It's gotten to a point where it's so predictable. It almost just like it. It, it you just want to turn it off. Like when people <laughs> start those interviews and they start with that cliche, you know, he's going down the path that every coach has gone down. And it's like, all right, I'm done. Yeah. I've gotten to the point now in my life where, like, when the sideline reporter goes up to Saban before halftime, I'm like, just leave him alone. All right? <laughs> You're not going to get anything. <laughs> just let him go to the locker room. Just let the guy coach. I think we should point this out for our listening audience. Caleb is back also with an Expo marker. He's looking very coach-like. I don't know what that's for, but uh, I'm excited to see where this episode goes. You're at, are you are you making notes as we talk, or what's that? What's that about? I'm loading up on my cliche coaching comments right now. So <laughs> he's got the he's got the uh, knee high white socks going on I'm too. Practicing, yeah, I'm practicing. I'm practicing uh, for the whiteboard for the halftime talk if here. The if podcast. I see a silver whistle and some bike shorts, I'm done. Yeah, if the audience hears a little pause in the middle of this podcast in about 20 minutes, it's because I took a timeout and uh, had to shut <laughs> everybody out a little bit. All right, Caleb, there's a reason you're here, and it isn't for your witty banter. All right? Oh, um, ouch. Yeah, ouch. Shots fired. We have brought you in so that we can have a discussion, really a heartfelt, honest discussion, around the top three diet mistakes that you and Hunter see and have seen over time. Uh, we've kind of tiptoed around this issue a little bit, and we're usually trying to be pretty sensitive towards the people that are listening. But we've upped the ante a little bit to say, hey, these are the three mistakes that as people who are involved with fitness and other people's fitness every single day, we see these mistakes repeatedly. And if these three mistakes could be corrected, you're going to transform your life. So the stakes are pretty high here. It's been rumored off mic that your list and Hunter's list do not match. So we're going to be intrigued about where they diverge and why and the argument that ensues. So what's the preferred method here, Chase? We're going to let these guys roll through their list top to bottom. So though I think we have to do it. You said there's three three items on the list. So it sounds like we got to go outside the box rules. They each give their three, then their two, then their one. Yeah. And I think I have one that probably doesn't match anybody's list. That, and that's mostly what the listeners are intrigued about. But we'll get through these professional opinions first because we're required by Spoiler law. Spoiler alert, Ritz crackers are the key to any diet. That's right. You'd be surprised at the gains you can have on Easy Cheese. But stay tuned. We'll have a whole discussion about that, especially if you make it in the shape of a flower on a Ritz cracker full sodium. But listen, I don't want to give all my tips too early on in the show. So we're going to start with Caleb because I'm pretty sure Hunter's going to be able to defend his position a little bit better, but Caleb's probably mostly right. We're going to go with Caleb and his top three diet mistakes that he sees on a semi-regular basis. All right, we're going three, two, one, right? Hey, up yeah. to you, man. You make the rules. Oh. You're the, uh, you're the yeah, dietitian. Yeah, Chase, get that out of here. Yeah, well, we're going three, Sorry. two, one. Number three uh, for me is going to be not understanding what success 
actually looks like. Okay. And this is going to be something that if you think about it first, it maybe doesn't make sense, but uh, hear me out here. What I, what we see a lot of, I think is that uh, from the general population, hopefully our members are able to understand after having so many conversations with us and seeing other people be successful uh, that this isn't as big of an issue for them, but folks who are brand new, who maybe come to us with zero prior knowledge of uh, any of our coaching programs that we have for nutrition, um, come to us and don't have a good idea of what success actually looks like. And for us, we use an in-body scanner uh, to help people understand it's a very visual representation that we are not doing weight loss challenges. We are not in an effort to lose weight uh, just for the sake of losing weight. We value body composition. And so for folks who are brand new to maybe starting a diet, understanding that success is not going to be, I woke up this morning and the scale was lower, that it's a much deeper picture than that is, is really one of the first things that we start with. What does success look like? And really for any goal, when you set goals, we've got to know what success looks like. So we know if we're on the right track and so we can know how to keep up with our progress on the way. So not understanding success. Um, it's not just about weight loss, but it's about having a healthy body composition, which means we have muscle mass and we're losing body fat. Um, we want to understand that success is sustainable for the long term. Okay. A lot of times people come to us with a goal of, Hey, my work is doing a weight loss challenge and I want to lose weight in two months or one month. And it's about how much weight can we lose as a floor or as a department. Um, and so helping people understand that that's not our priority. Um, and then helping people see that, um, our goal isn't to lose weight as fast as possible, but our goal is to, uh, have a healthy body composition for decades. And so when we can paint that picture, it gives people a realistic expectation of what to, what to expect in the journey. So understanding what success looks like is the founding point to any successful diet nutrition program. Okay, let's back and forth on that for just a second because I, I think it opens up the door for us to talk about something that CrossFit has its reputation has suffered for years on this point, and it's a false uh, argument. When you talk about body composition, what you don't mean is we want everyone to have huge lats and huge quads, and all, your your definition of body composition breaks down to percentages and body type. Originally, uh, the body type that someone has you're only enhancing the best parts of that. You're not turning someone into a games athlete. That's not what you mean by body composition, composition success, correct? Absolutely. And helping people understand that everybody is going to look different. We have, if we pulled five people out of a line who all were 18% body fat, their bodies would, would look very different. And so giving people the confidence to say, we're, we don't want anyone coming into a diet thinking, hey, I want to look like that person. We're trying to take the body they have and give them tangible measurements to say this is as, as close as we can. This is what a healthy body would look like for you. And for a lot of people, you're right. Increasing muscle doesn't mean we're trying to put on 20 pounds of lean muscle mass and, and you know, set a new bench bench press record um or bench press what you did in high school the our the bodies real, the start, real weight you did in high school not the one you tell that's, everyone that's right that's yeah. right the, our bodies lose starting at age 30 our bodies will lose three to five percent of our muscle mass every decade 
going forward. So you could, and that's just, that's just our body's aging, the fact that we can't reverse aging. And so uh, what we're trying to do as much as anything is minimize muscle loss as we get older, which knowing that the trajectory is down, if we can minimize loss and even gain slight increments of muscle mass, we're going to be not only not losing muscle, but being able to maintain that is going to um, add so much value to people's lives. So for us, we think, again, sustainable. We're thinking decades. We're wanting to avoid the status quo, which is we lose muscle slowly as we age. And so for us, that's what that means. Not necessarily adding 10 pounds of muscle, but just being able to maintain your muscle while the average person is losing it as we age. Yeah. So the, the trajectory just living on planet earth means that you're going to lose muscle mass and gain body fat at homeostasis. That's just what's going to happen. You have to do something else to reverse that. When we, when we eat the way that we do now, I don't want to necessarily throw everyone in and say that everyone's going to start gaining body fat, but our bodies will lose muscle mass as we age. Yes. Um, and so what we're trying to do is just is prevent that as much as possible. Um, the caveat to that is there's a lot of people who from day one come in with a significant muscle deficit, right? We can say it from our scan, your body does not have enough muscle to support healthy joints and to prevent injury if you were to fall. Um, and so in that case, yes, there could be um, a 55-year-old man or woman that comes in and we do need to add five pounds of muscle. It's going to happen without them going home and drinking raw eggs, you know, and, and watching a Rocky compilation to try to get pumped up for the day. It's going to happen when, uh, when they just eat at the normal that we're shooting for the non-American normal, right? The non-standard American diet that is normal. They're going to get back to where their body needs to be to sustain a healthy, a healthy life. So I'm going to go ahead and make this call. Your, your bottom answer, your third answer 10,000 foot level. It's pretty safe. All right. I get it. I'm just waiting to see, do you up the ante on answers two and answers one? Uh, because that feels like a very overlap answer, but we'll allow it. Won't we chase? We got to start there. Yeah, that's right. We got to start there. Define success goals. All right. I agree with you. I'm not saying I disagree with you, but it just doesn't have a lot of potential for controversy. So what's number two? Uh, well, I thought we were going three. Yeah, you want me to go next? Yeah, come on, oh, come on. Goes next. Look, no, I don't know if yeah. I agree with this, but I, we'll proceed. It's the outside the box rules. That's what we said. Who's we producing go back. this show? We got to go back and forth here. All right. Okay. Your turn, Hunter. Okay. So, uh, you know, Caleb and I aren't necessarily, or we're definitely not disagreeing. I think we're kind of coming at it at two different angles. And Caleb is looking at a more uh, macro view of the people uh, in general and looking at the whole picture with their diet. And I'm getting a lot more specific as in like actual diet takeaways, uh, that, that we see. And Caleb is, is going to be looking at stuff that can, that people can, um, really apply to help them eating that not, that a lot of times not necessarily is related to what's on their plate. If that makes sense, it's more taking the whole person into view. But for me, um, the first one I see, um, is people, uh, under eating. And, um, I'll explain what I mean by that. Um, because I mean, when you're losing weight, it is as simple. It's a simple formula. It's calories in versus calories out. 
every single diet that you look at is trying to control that in some some way, shape, or form. So keto would be trying to control that by uh, lowering the uh, the amount of carbohydrates you take in, or you know, vice versa. You know, a low fat, high carb diet, same thing. It's all about limiting calories. What we see from a lot of people, especially uh, women, we see it a lot more with women than men, but it happens with both uh, genders, is way, setting calorie goals way too low. So somebody um, will say, I want to lose, like Caleb talked about, losing a certain amount of weight. I want to lose 20 pounds or whatever. And they'll set their calories at 1,200, which is as low as my fitness power could possibly go. Um, and then they will hit 1200 pretty consistently for a week, maybe two, but then eventually it gets to the point where they are just so hungry and so tired because they have been at such a calorie deficit for so long that they just can't take it anymore. And they go out to eat and they just go crazy and they eat, eat, you know, everything in sight for a week or, you know, maybe not a week, but maybe a day or two. So maybe they go, you know, Friday night, they go out to eat at Mexican and maybe they ended up having, you know, bag of chips with queso or basket of chips with queso and having a couple margaritas and a, a, a quesadilla. And then they have, you know, a couple more drinks or whatever. And then maybe Saturday they go to a football tailgate and then, then they graze all day or whatever. Well, what happens is if you look at the amount of calories that they had across those meals over that weekend, is they're at a huge calorie surplus. I mean, it's a lot more calories than they think they are. And maybe they've achieved this three, four thousand, five thousand calorie deficit over a, a week, week and a half period. And they give it almost all back over two days. And so we, we see this cycle where people under eat, under eat, under eat, and then way overeat because they can't go, go any longer because they've been you know, depriving their bodies of the nutrients and, and the calories that it needs to survive. And that eventually they just crash and they can't take it anymore. Another thing uh, that comes along with uh, under eating, and we talked about this last episode, is you can't hold on to muscle if you're not eating, getting enough calories in. And so maybe they do lose 20 pounds if they are, you know, at this huge calorie deficit and they're able to stick with it for a long period of time. But when you actually look at the scan, like Caleb was talking about, their body fat percent hasn't changed a whole lot because, yeah, they've lost 20 pounds, but they might have lost 10 pounds of muscle along with the 10 pounds of fat. And so their body fat percent is still right around what it was because they haven't been able to hold on to their muscle. And so we want people eating a little bit more um, consistently every single day so that they can you know, have the energy to be able to sustain it for a long period of time. It's not such a deficit that it's detrimental and really, really hard to do. And they can also uh, maintain or even put on the muscle um, that is going to, uh, you know, increase their health, increase their quality of life and, and decrease their body fat percent. Very closely connected to this, a conversation we've had multiple times, but just to make sure that people understand this, uh, the calorie, what you're talking about also is under eating protein, which is, I mean, I would be surprised if that wasn't a number one, but it's not just about not getting enough to eat, but also if you're trying to maintain or gain muscle, you can't do that without giving your body protein to rebuild. Yeah. We're going to talk about protein too in a minute, but yeah, yeah that's so, uh, just under eating in general. And, and typically I, this is, you know, we see it all the time. I, I want to lose 10 pounds. So I'm going to eat 1200 calories a day. 
But when you look at their body scanner, their basic metabolic rate is 1600. So you add in a CrossFit workout or, uh, you know, any other type of workout or, and then also what you do throughout the day, they're burning, you know, 24, 2,500 calories a day, but yet they're trying to eat 1200. Like that is a recipe for disaster. You're going to throw your body into absolute panic when you do that. Yeah. And you're not going to be able to sustain that. Like that is, that is unsustainable. Um, you cannot do that for a long period of time and you're eventually get to the point where your willpower just gives out and you just have to go, you know, you go eat everything in sight. And when we, you know, I've had, I had this conversation with several people uh, on the beach body when we were setting in their calories for them and they're like, wow, that's uh, a lot more than I thought I needed to eat. Uh, I usually have been eating this and I'm like, okay, well let's, let's break that down a little bit. Um, how long were you able to do that? did you get to the point where you just couldn't take it anymore and you just started eating everything site? They're like, yeah, usually every couple of weeks I just go crazy for a weekend. And I'm like, okay, well let's add up the calories that you eat when you go crazy, which they never track those, but it's generally way more than they realize. And then you add that surplus to the deficit they've created. What and they ends up being even typically right around even. So they're not even losing weight, even though they're going for so many days with the deficit because they give it all up in a couple of days. Yeah. It's a classic um, addiction cycle, which is bench purge, bench purge, uh, mm -hmm. which is, is a recipe for standing still. Basically you just put yourself through a lot of trauma trying to do that. So. Mm -hmm. Yep. Well, that's it. That's uh that's my number, uh, number three. Caleb, you have that very professorial look like you've got something to add here. I mean, that was decent. That was a decent offer. <laughs> uh, the one thing I would add to that is if you're not giving yourself enough energy to, to exercise, then you're going to have a poor time putting on muscle and burning fat. If you're coming in the gym and you're so tired that, one, you probably aren't going to make it to the gym consistently, but you're also going to not have the energy to create that type, elicit that type of a response, that short, high-intensity exercise um, or even weightlifting, you're going to be so tired that you're going to be lifting at 50% of a weight that should be 80%. And the body's going to have a hard time adapting to that, I think. So that's the other thing that's wrong with the, you know, starve Monday to Friday, binge Saturday, Sunday, or Friday night through Saturday night. Um, and then you feel so guilty that Sunday you don't eat anything. So you come into the gym Monday and you wonder why you don't feel like you've got the energy on Monday and then the whole week starts back and then the cycle starts. And so, uh, yeah, I think I'll, I'll give Hunter some credit. That was a, that was a good answer. Okay. Good for both of you. So you both win such a, he's just trying to group. make sure he gets invited back. <laughs> it's all, he's always on the razor's edge of never being on the podcast. Again. <laughs> all right. So we're to number two, number two. So, uh, number two for me is, uh, again, and I'm, I'm macro because I do believe and have seen through the, you know, the dozens and dozens of people we've worked with, and you may have talked about this in the beach body, but the social support aspect of any goals that you have from a nutrition and dietary standpoint is so important. There are so few meals that we eat in solitude by ourselves, or that we fix for ourselves and eat completely by yourself. Uh, Chase, this may not, may not apply to you, but Ooh. Those of us that are, uh, you Ooh. know, socially with friends and loved ones around us. Um, I wish everyone could see the look on Chase's I, face right now. I can't even concentrate anymore. I'm seeing <laughs> uh, 
but for real, trying to do it alone, because I do believe that learning how to eat is, is so much more important than learning what to eat um, in the early stages of a sustainable and years-long change to the way you look at food. Um, and so we have seen so many times the success, not only in the Beachbody Challenge, but folks come to us and the people who we see experience the most success so often go into it as a couple, right, with a significant other, um, or are honest with their family and ask their family to support them in what their goals are. Trying to keep things by yourself and to do things by yourself not only is a lot more financially taxing, that can strain you when you're having to eat on your own and everyone else is doing the pizza and you've got to completely come up with a whole meal by yourself, you're going to save so much money eating food together as a family or as a couple than if you're both doing your own thing. Um, you're going to have the encouragement of seeing someone else be disciplined. That's what drives you to be disciplined is not coming up with willpower on your own, but that those you're mitigating the chances that you're going to have that weak moment when you see someone that you love or someone around you uh, also sacrificing or making that decision um, to, to eat what you know you need to eat or to encourage you to eat or pick you up when you don't feel like, you know, coming home after the, after a long day and putting some food together, it'd be so much easier to pick it up on the way home. If you've got a spouse calling you and saying, Hey, the kids want, you know, can you pick up Wendy's for them? And I've, I'm just going to not eat. I'm not really hungry. And so you can do whatever you want. That's a recipe for disaster in trying to make a dietary change. So social support, um, talking to those around you, and if possible, um, asking those people around you to come along on the journey. Hopefully, the goals that you have are not anything that the person beside you doesn't have as well. Healthy body, let's live. We want to be more capable as we age instead of less capable. Um, and so finding that support system is is unbelievable. The last two years, our greatest beach body results have been from couples you know, Hunter was being, being nice and not putting his results in to, you know, and probably not bragging about his own results, but he and Claire, Claire at the top of the leaderboard, Hunter actually, you know, experienced as much, if not more success than anyone that did it. And I know it was because they did it together. Same with last year. Uh, Gary, Caroline did the same thing, both of the highest results that we had in these categories and they decided to do it together and we're living together. Um, so being honest, asking family for support or those who are around you to support you um, and learning, um, just kind of picking up on the fact that uh, you're going to be so much better off when you're able to look at those around you instead of just having to do it on your own. No doubt. I mean, any time you're trying to better yourself, uh, it's just such a, a false uh, idea that you that you're best going to do it by yourself and that fits with the, the whole Cody fitness strategy I mean we're even we're suffering together we're exercising together we're celebrating together and but you know home base is such an important thing I think one thing that actually your answer connects to Hunter's answer before is even in the times where you're deciding to have your cheat meal or whatever it is you want to call it where you you're like, all right, I'm not going to be on my phone for this meal, tracking everything. If you have someone else with you, then that line is going to be much closer to your normal diet than if you're just by yourself and you 
eat an entire large pizza. You know what I mean? The other person can help you say, okay, that's probably enough. I, I know in my marriage, the thing that my wife helps me with is don't just take that cheat that's right in front of you. Let's have a plan. Let's really enjoy this, you know? So uh, it's not just hitting up the pantry and taking whatever's there. It's like having a plan to enjoy what when you break from your regular routine. So yeah, I could say I would say that's a much much better answer than your first one. You're just warming up. I can um, tell you're like stretching in, things out. You know, it's been a long time since I've been on the pod here. It's been a. Uh, <laughs> it's gonna take a little bit. It's take a minute to get my voice well, back. You know, don't call it a pod, Caleb. Don't whatever you do, don't call it a pod. <laughs> uh, Strike one. I, I got. I had too much confidence flowing through me, and and I choked. All right, Hunter, you're, so you're drilling down on something that may be a little bit more like um, X's and O's here. Yeah, so uh, just building off what I talked about last time with the under-eating, my second one is definitely uh, not eating enough protein. And um, I would say the vast, vast majority of our members, um, this is what we see with them um, when they first get started. And it's, um, you know, protein is the building block of muscle. And if we're trying to, uh, get stronger, trying to uh, build muscle, you have to eat enough protein. And I, I can't tell, tell you how many conversations I've had with people who are coming consistently and frustrated because they haven't gotten much stronger, you know, not making as much progress as they, as they thought they are. They should be not their body and changing as much. And we start talking about, okay, well, what are you eating? Um, how much protein are you getting in? And this, it's always, I, I, th- I get a good amount of protein, I think. And so I have them break down, uh, you know, a day of eating and we start adding their protein and it's, you know, most of the time less than a hundred grams. Um, so that's always one of the first things we'll say is, Hey, let's start getting more protein every meal, you know, three meals a day needs to be based around uh, a lot of lean protein. And then you need to add in a couple of snacks a day that have protein in it. And for a lot of people, you know, just with how busy they are, that means adding in a protein supplement um, and you know, pro- supplementing protein post-workout and, you know, adding maybe some casein before a bed or protein shake in the morning or something like that. But I mean, it is, it's always crazy how almost immediately they start feeling better in the, in the, in the workouts. They start getting PRs, their numbers start going up. And it's not like, it's not like a small PR. It's like all of a sudden they had 30 pounds to their back squat or, you know, they had 20 pounds to their snatch or whatever, when they've been at a plateau for so long. And it's as simple as adding in a couple of protein shakes throughout the day because protein is so vital. And, you know, with our modern diets, it's so, um, we, we lack, uh, protein. Um, most people lack getting anywhere close to as much protein as they need to get. So I always try to get people to eat one gram per body weight of protein. Um, and that's generally a good, a good target. If you're getting even close to that, you're probably going to be doing better than, than if you weren't tracking it at all. So just tracking protein, making sure you're getting close to your body weight, if not more than your body weight and protein, uh, grams, and, uh, you're going to be in good shape. And I would say, you know, for most people, if you haven't been, if you're not tracking your food, you're not getting enough protein. And so that step one is let's, uh, let's start tracking it. Let's see how many protein grams you're actually getting. And then let's try to get close to your body weight. And you'll notice probably in a week or two that you're, you're feeling a lot stronger. Your lifts are going up and your body composition starts changing because you're actually able to build that muscle, which is going to 
uh, lower your body fat percent and help you burn um, fat. So um, enough protein is definitely number two for me. Straight down the fairway, baby. Even predictable, but I love it because <laughs> it's still true. Yeah. It's just, I mean, it's difficult. It's way more difficult than people give it credit for. And uh, a lot of people try to fix it, man. I'm linked to some of these folks on Fitness Pal, or, uh, and it's like, okay, way too many shakes. That's not how to fix the problem. You know, you got you got to eat a little bit of protein as well instead of just drinking it all. But this, well, this, and, and 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 I would rather somebody drink protein than not get enough. And so that's why we have, you know, we tell people to supplement with protein because it's it's extremely extremely important, and most people aren't getting it. And so. Obviously, getting it from real food is going to be better, but for most people, that's that's just not going to happen. And so, if we can get them to supplement it and get it in, that's fine. But yeah, it is it's straight down the straight down the the fairway. It's easy easy shot. But I mean, every time we we do the Beachbody Challenge and we set this stuff for them, people come after the first week. They're like, "Wow, it's really hard for me to get enough protein." And I'm looking at it, and they're struggling to get 120 grams. I'm like, man, like you, it's, it is hard. That's why you have to eat, you know, more than three times a day to be able to get it in. Cause if you're eating three meals a day and you're trying to get 200 grams, that's like, what is that? 65, 70 grams um, per meal. If you actually look at how much protein is, that's a lot, a lot of protein. Um, so you got to, you know, spread it out throughout the day and you have to be a lot more strategic about it uh, to be able to get enough, but it is, it's very hard to do, but it's also a game changer. Yeah, so everyone suddenly feels very accountable and needs to start tracking again, which is good. And the the people you can tell the people who are in the gym who have the the correct amount of protein per day, you can tell. I mean, I've uh, I've been out of it for a minute because of quarantine and uh, on the go trying to eat that way. And man, even on Sugarwide, you can tell like I'm just I'm slowly dropping trying to add this exercise back in, but not changing how I'm eating. It's, it's tattooed me the past couple of weeks. So, um, it looks like I'm gonna have to pick up a bag of protein at my local CrossFit fitness at my local Coyote fitness. So, yeah, that's, uh, that's another good point. Please don't get the proteins that have 55 ingredients on them. Ooh. Your body is not going to digest that well. And, um, uh, you're going to be having a lot of issues if you do that, you know, pay a little bit more, get the higher quality protein, and your body will thank you. And if you actually do the math on the price per gram of protein you're paying for that, it's it's one of the, if not the cheapest source of protein you're going to find. I'll tell you a great way to figure that out is, are you having more visits to the John than you are actual shakes? That's where you know something's off, right? Yeah, we could yeah absolutely. All right, so we're headed to number one, correct? Let's do it. All right, just do or die here, Caleb. I mean, either show up or, or get out. Jeez, I don't even want to answer now. Yeah, that's that's. Uh, cool. Drink more water. A <laughs> hundred <laughs> ounces of water. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, I've got to be. I've got to be true to to uh, my list here. Um, you know, when we get to the number one thing. It's never going to be something you've never heard before. Uh, but for me, uh, when we start out, we start out our Beachbody Challenge. I start out with this conversation with my uh, personal nutrition clients. We've got to identify, um, yes, we want to understand success. That was number three. But more importantly, we've got to understand why, you, why you're doing this, right? A lot of times people start a diet thinking that it's for 
a wedding that's in two months or three months away or fitting into uh, a bikini that you haven't fit into in a little while. Um, but for us, understanding why you want to make a dietary change and getting to the real why of why you want to make that change is the absolute starting point, number one uh, most important thing. More important than, you know, if you're doing a five-week challenge, yeah, we probably, you know, the why is important, but uh, you can sprint for five weeks and do something. But if you want to make a lifestyle change with the way that you eat uh, to have a healthier body, to have uh, the ability to do things with your grandkids one day and to push back the nursing home and to live on your own uh, beyond 65 years old or 70 years old, um, then knowing why you want to do that is super important. So we start with that. Uh, so number one for me, knowing why, um, when we talk with our clients, we did this exercise with our beach body participants, but with our nutrition clients that are one-on-one, it's a lot easier because we do this in a one-on-one setting. Um, and we can get really vulnerable, uh, or ask people to get really vulnerable with not only the first thing that pops in your mind, why am I doing this? But we take them hopefully through three to five different levels of why. So, uh, you know, for example, uh, the most, the common answer that we get with people that why do I want to, uh, why do I want to make a change is for body fat loss, right? So people say, you know, either some form of, I want to fit into a wedding dress. I want to fit into uh, a bathing suit. But the reality is very quickly, winter's going to come around and that bathing suit isn't going to be needed for six or seven months, eight months. Uh, so then we've lost all source of not motivation, but a deeper motivation of why I'm doing this. And so helping people identify, all right, it's probably more than just, I want to look good in the bathing suit, but it's probably closer to, you know what, in reality, I think I want to look good for a significant other, or I want to find a significant other. And so it's not just about the bathing suit. It's about your, the people that are around you. And then we kind of get a moment to be honest and let them think on it for a second. And then if you think about that, we never want to start a diet because of what other people think, but what do I really think about that? And then it gets down to maybe a self-confidence, uh, a self-confidence issue. And so you go from the bathing suit to other people, and then you realize I can't live my life based on what other people think. You know what? I don't think I have very much confidence in the way my body looks or the way I was made or what my body shape is. And so having people giving them a minute to kind of process that, you know, it could be a self-confidence thing that is the reality. And then they can even go a deeper level than that. And you get to like, how much do I value me for who I am? And people have, and it's amazing. People are so willing to go down that road with someone that they know wants to help them in the long run. But when they're able to identify their why multiple levels deep, then they get to this true and long-term and highly valuable, um, understanding of what is driving their goals, that is where motivation is going to come from, not from the bathing suit because COVID hits and the bathing, you know, the pool's closed and all of a sudden I'm not wearing a bathing suit. I can't go to the beach. Then you just lost it. Or if it's, I want to lose weight for this, you know, this challenge that I'm doing at work to lose weight just to do it. And then the challenge, something happens with that or my coworkers don't do it all of a sudden I've lost the motivation. So getting to that, what is the real reason that you want to make a change I want to be there for my grandkids, right? I want my kids to not, I don't want to be, I don't want to fall down the path I'm watching my parents go down. Those are the real conversations. So uh, not, 
not to get like super serious on this, but for me, I've seen clients be incredibly successful when they get really honest. And in many of those conversations, they're, they get brought to tears in realizing, you know what, this is really what I care about. That's where you lay a foundation of success. That's what helps you not eat, you know, 12 cookies at night when you're watching TV is you've got a real goal that you want to set and you know why. That's big, man. I, I think probably I couldn't agree with you more. And probably what I think it addresses not so subtly is that borrowed motivation from the people you're around, meaning the people that you're pursuing fitness with, they show up with the motivation. And a lot of people think, or I see this happen in my friend group, even, even at Coyote, like, oh, that sounds like a good motivation. I'm going to borrow that. And when I've done that personally for me, it's like, maybe I make it a month on that. And then I realize, wait a minute, that's not really that important to me. And then I'm kind of in this fake zone where I'm showing up to the, to the gym under the guise of that motivation. And I'm not, I'm not working as hard because it really doesn't matter that much to me. So yeah, being able to figure out what that is and being able to take the time with somebody else to get that figured out, that's pretty big. And we did talk about this a little bit in the Beachbody Challenge, having access to people who are professionals to be able to say, okay, maybe that's a healthy short-term motivator. You know, maybe if we need to leverage that to get you in the game, but that's not, a, that's not sustainable. That's not going to keep you going long-term. What an extremely valuable conversation for people to have, even to learn how to figure out their motivations and other aspects of their life that are not fitness related. You know, what's driving you in this? You know, that may be a key motivator, may be the reason that you're miserable and or not experiencing positive results. Exactly. Exactly. It helps people see that, um, again, it gets them back to the starting point, understanding what success looks like. If you're looking in the wrong direction, then you're, it's going to be really hard to see success. Um, when you know the why, then you know what the steps to success look like. If your why is I want to look like that person, your body's never going to look like that person because you're not them. They are so yeah. unique and made in such a unique way that we've got to have those conversations to eventually get to the point that, you know what, I have to value me for who I am. This is something that, you know, not, and, and just be, not being deceived about what the end result looks like. Cause it's going to be super frustrating three months down the road. If you want to look like someone else or you're driven by someone else's desires instead of, um, instead of your own, it's not realistic. Good call. All right. Top that Hunter. That was well done, Caleb. Well done. Um, so my number one is just going to be lack of awareness. And this is pretty, pretty typical across the board. I would say 95% of the people, when they come into the gym and we start talking to them about their diet, it, the, the response is it's pretty good. And um, we all know that that is just not the case. And so I think diet recollection is probably one of the worst um, recollections we have. Um, so like if I said, what did you have for lunch on Tuesday? Or what did you have for dinner last Friday or last Thursday? You probably couldn't tell me. And so I think people are very quick to remember the salad that they had two weeks ago, but they forget the six burgers they've had in between that salad and now. And, um, so people just generally have no idea how bad their diet actually is. Um, they don't remember, um, you know, all the bad food, but they're quick to remember the, 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 the one or two healthy meals that they've had along the way. 
And so, number one, they just don't realize how bad it is. Number two, they have no idea what the makeup of their food is. They don't have any idea what the macronutrient breakdown is. Um, they don't know how much protein they're getting, how many carbs, how many fats, all that type of stuff. They don't know what their you know average calorie um, load is that they're taking in every day. And so if you don't have any idea of what you're doing, you can't really make any changes because you don't know what you need to, to change. And so I think just getting an awareness of what you're eating and what you're putting in your body is so incredibly important. You know, starting to look at ingredient lists and most people, they buy packages off the shelves at the grocery store and they don't look at what's actually in it. They don't look at the ingredient list. Um, and they, they just, they generally just aren't aware of what's going in their body. And you would be shocked and appalled if you actually start reading ingredients and seeing what you're taking in. Um, and then just not being aware of, like we talked about how much protein you're getting on a day to day basis, how many calories you're getting on a day to day basis. Um, and so I think for a lot of people, just the act of starting to track, starting to pay attention starting to write it down, whatever works for you to be able to become aware of what you're eating or just being mindful of it. Start looking, hey, wow, I'm actually eating out five meals a week, six meals a week. And every time I eat out, I'm eating not so I'm not making very good choices. Or hey, every single day at two o'clock, I'm going to the vending machine at work and getting something out and I didn't even realize it. Or every time I walk by so-and-so's desk, I grab a couple of pieces of candy out of the jar. I didn't realize that I was doing that. Um, and then if you, add, if you consistently do that habit day after day, week after week, you know, that's going to, that's going to change your body over a long period of time. And so just getting general, getting awareness of what you're eating is so, so important because like we've talked about so many times is that food is medicine and food is going to have the biggest impact on your health. Um, it's going to have a bigger impact on your health than just about anything. And so, being learning to kind of take control of what you're putting in your body and, and being aware of it and saying, Hey, I need to be mindful of what I'm eating, how often I'm eating out, how often I'm eating healthy and, um, start, just start taking note of it. I think is going to be the biggest thing for most people because like I said, most people would say I eat pretty good, but they really don't have any idea. Number one, what they're eating. Number two, what pretty, what good, a good diet actually looks like. So on both these answers, actually, it's, it's one big thing, and that's being able to be honest with yourself, A, about what it is that's really motivating you and the type of actions that you're taking to either meet or not meet that goal. So we can all admit, uh, all of us here, that honesty is – that's a difficult hill to climb for a lot of people. But the thing that we've done inside of Coyote Fitness to try to change that is to be involved in a supportive community. What a big part of our mission uh, that is – because that allows you to be honest in a way that you're not going to be judged. It just gives us, and you guys use this term all the time. It just gives us a baseline. This is where we're starting from. It isn't that, that the, your honesty and where you are is worse or better than the guy or the girl next to you. It's just establishing a personal baseline, just like that in body scan. This is where we're starting. And because we're being honest, we're going to get to where we want to go a lot faster. Right? Well, great segment, guys. You guys with the, the top three, I have to say uh, you sounded much smarter than you actually are. So that's a huge victory for the both of you. Uh, so now we get into a, a pretty big segment here on the Coyote Fitness Podcast that I think is going to be a very difficult question to answer. But first, I have to intro the segment as only I can do. 
outside the box. I'm only getting better at this. So Chase actually brought this up, and I think it's a pretty we we batted it around because hated the the question so much. I think it's going to lead to a pretty solid segment. The trouble with this is we only have we can only give one answer. There is no top three. Like, you better make a decision. You're going to have to stick with it. So let me roll this out for you. If you could follow one team, you can only follow one team for the rest of your life, which team would it be? But here's how we up the ante. You must attend all of their home competitions for the rest of your life. If you miss one, you die. So you have to be ultra committed to this. As I understand the question, it could be any team at any level, but you've got to go to all of the games. It's paid for else. as well, you don't, or it's free. Yeah, it's free. So you like financial commitment. Oh, you're definitely going to be in the box, uh, you know, making sure that you're getting all those great healthy choices every time you're watching a game, um, you know, water, no alcohol. So this is a pretty difficult decision to make because you, you're either forced to move or you've got to pick a team that you're close to. So we're going a little bit of an order here, kind of reverse as Zoom is setting us up. I'd say we start with Hunter to work our way. My screen says Hunter, Ben, Caleb, Chase. Well, I'm sorry, Caleb, if I steal yours. But um, mine would definitely be uh, an NFL team because that's my favorite sport uh, to watch. And if you're having to go to every single home game, is it every single home game or every single game? Every home single game, home game. Yeah. Okay, so that's only eight uh, games a year, not including playoffs. So that's not super huge commitment, whereas if I picked baseball or basketball, that would be a lot more games that I would have to go to. So I'm definitely going to go NFL other than, like, picking, like, a U.S. World Cup soccer game, <laughs> which you might not ever have to go to any of them. Uh, so I would say the Saints because that's my favorite team, plus they uh, their games are – um, incredibly fun and uh, just a great atmosphere. And even if they're not good, you're still going to have a good time of the game. Um, and then, I mean, you're in New Orleans, so there's always something to do in New Orleans. So I'm definitely going to say the New Orleans Saints um, games. That's that's going to be my pick. Man, Caleb, I did not realize I was doing that to you. I formally apologize here in front of everyone having uh, – so. but I will have to say there was nothing in the question. Maybe you and Hunter could ride together. Is that allowed, Chase? As long as you make it to the game. Mm. So it may be uh may put a strain on your friendship, but it's either that or die. <laughs> yeah, that's right. pretty uh, pretty tough decision here. No doubt. Okay, well, here's uh, I have an answer in it uh, in typical Ben fashion. I'm trying to round the rules of the question. So I think what I would do, what I would commit to. Um, man, for the rest of my life, this is going to be a difficult thing. I just uh, generally I'm commitment phobic. I don't even like to sign a cell phone contract. Uh, so this question is just taking me to all sorts of panic, but based on my current situation and the relationships that I currently have, I think I would choose to follow Germantown high school baseball for the rest of my life. Let me give you the reasons. I know a couple of the coaches. You never said pro. Don't give me that look. Did you say pro? I thought I did. Maybe uh, I didn't. Okay, well, I didn't say pro in the question. So, do I have to come up with a different answer? No, it's fine. You've already thought it through. I want to hear it. Okay, yeah, I've thought it through. I want to hear this. 
I have a couple of friends that are, that are on the coaching staff there. So when I bore with the actual level of competition of high school baseball, <laughs> I can actually have some conversations with adults that I like, you know, assuming that they're, they're still there coaching for, for the long term. Also, it is roughly 90 seconds from my driveway. So, I, you know, I'm a guy that misses a lot and I forget about a lot of things. But if I start to have like chest pain and numbness down my arms, I realize – there's a baseball game going on. I've got to get there. I've got <laughs> so you start to feel seconds. the death happen and you say, Oh shoot, I forgot the game. Yeah. Again. I can correct it really quick. You know, like <laughs> time is of the essence so I can get over to this, uh, this baseball game. Um, also the time of year that baseball is going on, it's a little bit easier for me to make sure that I could be at the game. And I have a lot of personal regret over not playing baseball in high school. I was uh, talked out of it. And uh, I quit. So there's a little bit of like, you know, living vicariously through other young people. So I'm going to pick high school. Also, there's not all that um, debate that I get, get into about how much people are getting paid and who's successful and who isn't and all that kind of stuff. These kids are uh, most of them at a certain percentage are still playing for love of the game. Cool. I feel like that's a solid answer, even <clears throat> if it did break the rules. Yeah, that's all right. Great answer. Who's next? Caleb Saints. All right, Chase. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So I, I get the answer twice now. So uh, my answer that was stolen, um, the Saints football game that I went to this last year, Texans, um, last second field goal, it was, I don't know, Hunter, do you remember the yardage? It's harder in person to remember the game than when you watch it on TV. I'm pretty sure um, it was like 56 yards or something, like 53-yard field goal. Yeah, it was definitely well over 50. Um, I have – me and my dad are up uh, watching the game together. Um, couple couple Andy Gators, uh, but – Arm in arm, jumping That's up That's why it's hard to remember the yardage. <laughs> just arm in arm, jumping up and down, just absolute pandemonium. Uh, it was one of the most – it was one of the most fun, not only because of the city. I've just – you know, my family's there. But it was one of the most fun sports memories I have ever had, uh, period. It was just last year, so that's fresh. But I'm going to spin this around. If you're able to choose a non-professional sports team – I'm going to choose my team as Tiger Woods. And so I'm on Team Tiger here. And home games are going to be considered uh, majors. Majors. And I will fly anywhere. Now, what my question is is it Thursday to Sunday? Is it a Thursday to Sunday commitment? All you got to go every single day. And you just chose Tiger. So you're making it to day four. Yep. So yeah. I'm doing or day I'm three, doing sorry. Thursday through Sunday at the four majors. That's sixteen that's sixteen commitments and you know, one overseas commitment there. Um, as you know, you do run the risk of not having the like exciting end of the game, but something about being at a golf tournament, even Sanderson Farms, like I'm looking forward to that every year after going this last year. I love golf. I love watching professional golfers. It's something I admire as far as a skill, like a physical skill. Uh, so Tiger Woods is my team. Home games of the majors. Sorry to do that to you, Chase, but you're up. 
I don't know. I don't uh, know how is Tiger a team? Tiger in the no, I I, that feels like more of a cop out than the German Don answer, but it's Caleb, whatever. Uh, <laughs> my choice, uh, I tried to have a little strategy with this because, and inevitably, mainly because I'm not going to have any stock in the team, it's going to get old eventually going to these games every single year. Oh, we can admit that. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to choose a team where I get to minimize the amount of games pretty controllably and still be within a decent driving distance. And plus we're not taking into account the fact that I'm doing this the rest of my life and I'm only 25. Technology is going to change a lot. I may be able to get to wherever I'm going pretty quick at some point in my life. Um, but I've chosen the Tennessee Titans, uh, cause it's in Nashville and two, they often suck and don't make the playoffs. So it's it's pretty easily guaranteed a large majority of the time I'm only having to go to eight games a year. Unless we're counting preseason, then it's 10, I think. Do you realize what you've just done? You have predicted that we will more quickly get to flying cars than the Titans being a good team. I just have that little faith in the, uh, the ownership. And, you know... I soccer and stuff like that, that's probably going to last a long time sports-wise. I think football is going to die off one day. I think it's just inevitable. Either America's going to implode, the NFL's going to implode. I don't know. Something's going to happen. Uh, so there's a lot of safe bets going on with what I'm doing here, I think. So your goal in this answer was to get off the hook. That's uh, I like it. I love the strategy. It's, we'll see. We'll it's see a, it's a great on. city. Like you, you picked it last episode to live in. You know it's, I did, you know it's so. a good, good pick. Could you just, for the sake of our listening audience, predict the year of the NFL's doom? Oh, boy. Um, and then America, I, for that matter. We already predicted that one, too. Yeah, so why don't we just step in? Let's just say the Constitution <laughs> gets put in the shredder. When's this going to happen? Yeah, let's keep it inclusive to everyone in the audience, too. Go. Yeah, well, it just depends on how well China keeps doing. Uh uh, both answers uh, affecting, by the way. Uh, I would imagine the NFL would implode. What year are we in? 2020? I would venture... For a long time now. Yeah. Longest year of my life. Um, I would venture probably like 2045. 2045? Yeah. I think, I think it's going to be a cultural implosion. I think there's going to be some scandal and stuff like that, and it's going to have to get sold or something, and it's just going to change it. First episode of the year in 2045, we will revisit this answer. Deal. We'll be episode one hundred three. We're guaranteeing that this podcast is going to outlast the NFL. That's what we just did right there. So sounds good to me. All right, I I think uh, before we discuss that any longer, we've got to get to the portion of our episodes that is the recommends. So Hunter, I know you've got something locked and loaded. You start, and Caleb, Google something really quickly. Gotcha. Yep. On it. Okay. So uh, since since twenty twenty is such a crazy year. I actually saw a meme that said, uh, hopefully, um, 2020 is a mullet. And the first six months is uh, business in the it. front. And then there's a party <laughs> in the back the last six months. So <laughs> uh, I'm hoping for 2020, the year of the mullet. Year of the but mullet. Uh, I thought I would, I would uh, lighten things up a little bit. And, uh, the lesser known Chinese New Year, year of the mullet. <laughs> the uh, uh, Cool Runnings is uh, available on Disney+. Plus. And uh, I watched it, and I haven't seen it probably in, uh, I don't know, 20 years, 30, 25 years. And uh, 
it's just a good, lighthearted, good quality movie. Completely fictional. None of that stuff really happened. I mean, they did have a bobsled team, but it's completely different than it was in the movie. But the movie was really good and uh, it was entertaining and nice, lighthearted hour and a half. So I'd highly recommend checking it out on Disney Plus if you've never seen it or hadn't seen it in a really long time. I'm currently so disoriented. I don't even know how to follow that. Hunter recommends a comedy movie and it, it, it it's not a book. Hey, you got to keep everybody on their toes. You know what I mean? Constantly varied recommends. That's what we're out That's right. right now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, constantly varied. <laughs> All right. I actually have a recommend. It's a little known book. Uh, I read it a couple of years ago. Uh, I say little known. I haven't heard very many people reference it, but it's by a guy named John Acuff, who if you just know him for the way that he picks on people, Christians, it's a, it's a little different game. As, exactly. as a Christian. Yeah, as a Christian, he's a pretty smart uh, business guy and has experienced uh, a lot of failure and some big, big mistakes that he's made. And after one of those, those big, I guess you could term it mistake. After one of those big mistakes, he wrote a book called Do Over. And uh, it was a pretty interesting book because it basically frames that you should be thinking about your next step, even when you're in your current step. And uh, it allows you to brace for inevitable change in your life. Uh, so, I, you know, it's a, it's a quick read. I'm not saying that it's, it's definitely going to change the way you view everything like a, a Jordan Peterson book or anything, but sometimes, you know, after cool runnings, you need a, a lighthearted book before you get to the serious historical stuff. So I would recommend John Acuff's do over. It's a solid book. It at least gets you thinking in a different way about your daily experience. And I appreciate those kinds of, uh, those kinds of books. I'm sure you can find it anywhere books are sold. So uh, he's a very genuine dude. Yeah, he really is. He really is. And people, because of his comedy, mistake him for a, for a cynic, but he's really not. So um, anyway, yeah, it's, he's a, a fascinating guy to dig into because he worked for one of the biggest financial uh, planning industries in, in, actually in the U.S. for sure, and then had a pretty rough exit there. It's just a good story to dig into, and that makes you a little bit more interested in what he has to say about how you start your life over after a, a big mistake. And he's very short. Yeah, and he stuck to the tuck in the shirt leather belt strategy for way longer than most kids in the nineties. So sweet, my turn. Uh I don't get to do this a lot, so I'm gonna take a couple of them here. Has anyone ever tried to pull like a recommend that they actually haven't done or seen or read yet? Oh yeah, Chase does that every episode. Chase does that a lot. Yeah, yeah. every book ever that he's recommended. <laughs> right. Um, all right. So one of those that I've got, uh people have been recommending to me. Uh, I know Hunter got to see this in person, but Hamilton on Disney Plus. My plan this weekend is to hijack a Disney Plus membership from someone um, and jump on there and watch Hamilton. Have you guys seen that yet? No, I haven't, but I have friends that have watched it multiple times in a weekend. So Okay, yeah, my, my family parents have told me that it is – they've twice in one week they like watched it Wednesday and that was their plan for the weekend to watch it again. So, um, I hear that that's great. So I'm going to just blindly recommend that to people risk risky move there. Um, my second recommend is going to be a food item that I have not discovered myself, but have started to put into place. This is going to have a caveat. We don't recommend a lot of dairy for people, but, there is a combination of a plain, absolute plain Greek yogurt with vanilla or chocolate protein powder 
with a splash of whatever type of milk you use, almond milk, regular milk, just to keep it a little thinner and blending it up into almost like a, uh, like a whipped cream consistency, dropping a little fresh fruit in there. Easy way to hijack 60 grams of protein into a dessert at night. Um, so recommends maybe if it messes with your stomach, uh, take the lactate pill, uh, save it for a special occasion. Um, but if you have no problems with dairy at all, then check it out. It's my go-to dessert lately. Have I seen this on Facebook? Maybe I put it on my story. A couple yeah, of you're like, and it's cream, like whipped cream, psych. dumping whipped cream all over, uh, all over your fresh fruit that you cut up. It's amazing. So if you've got it in your in your calories, it's a great way to get your protein. Um, I had a third one, but I think it's gone. It disappeared. That's <laughs> probably for the best. Yeah, that's right. we're okay with that. Yeah, quit while you're ahead, Caleb. We'll keep it too. I uh, I'll second the Hamilton. I saw it in person. It's it's amazing. It's awesome. And uh, if you're gonna watch it on Disney Plus, watch it with the subtitles on. Subtitles on. Okay, I would. Yeah, have it, it, it goes it goes really fast, and it's it's kind of hard to follow sometimes. So if you have the subtitles on, you'll be able to keep up with it. And uh, yeah, I highly recommend it though. It's uh it's incredible. All right, I think we should end the episode this way. I'm just gonna go ahead and make the call. Chase. Hands up. You have a recommend? Yes. Oh, my gosh. You surprise me every episode. Go ahead. All right. Uh, Going back to what Hunter was talking about, uh, a little tongue-in-cheek about the way 2020 is going, I think this is a good time to go back and watch. um, What's the name of the guy that starred in uh, Hot Tub Time Machine? The main guy? You might remember. Uh, Jean-Luc Picard? I don't know. No, whatever his name is. He starred in a great uh, catastrophe movie called 2012 that really details the end of the world. It'll give you some really, really? good perspective about uh, how bad, you know, 2020 is, but isn't quite. You know, there's not earthquakes and splits into the depths of hell happening in the middle of Los Angeles. It'll really make you feel good. It's a really good, feel-good movie. Go back and watch 2012. 2012. All right. Can do. I got to watch Hamilton first. Or watch them at the same time. It's a weird kind of... Subtitles on both. Yes. With some frozen yogurt. Pretending I listen to Caleb. All right. See ya. Silky smooth sounds.